Welcome to the Pearl of Great Price podcast. Thanks for joining us today. It's the 28th of July. And on this day in Christian history, we go back to the year 1896 and we travel to Egypt. The English archaeologist Flinders Petrie discovered a remarkable stone made of black granite about seven foot high with a long inscription on it from the ancient Egypt pharaoh Menafta. The stone is now known as the Victory Stele of Menafta and is of immense interest and value because it dates back to the Iron Age and it contains the earliest reference to Israel outside of the Bible. The stele is a standing stone slab that was used in the ancient world primarily as a grave marker but also for dedication and demarcation and in this case commemoration. It had an extensive set of hieroglyphs on it. They give an account of the Pharaoh's victory over the Libyans and their allies 13 centuries before the birth of Christ. This is the period that's described in the book of Judges as a continuous cycle of Israel's suffering from foreign invasions. Egypt was a superpower and most of the stele refers to its victories over Libya. However, it's also known as the Israel stele because the last three of the 28 lines deal with a separate campaign of Menefta in Canaan to the east, which was then part of Egypt's imperial possessions. And it's a textual reference to Israel. It may give clues to the life of the tribe around the time of Moses. Petri and his archaeological team were conducting excavations on a temple in Luxor, and the temple had been built by Menefta, who was the son and the successor of Ramesses. Scholars believe that Ramesses was the pharaoh who had lost his oldest son in the final plague in the Exodus story. And during the excavations, Petrie's team discovered that the temple had been constructed almost entirely from stone, which had been plundered from a temple nearby. Statues of the latter had been smashed and the pieces thrown into the foundations, fragments of stone jackals, which must have once formed an imposing avenue approaching the temple, and broken drums gave some idea of the splendour of the original building. A statue of Menefta himself was found, the first known portrait of this king, and then these two splendid standing stones, and an inscription of Menefta was revealed. William Spiegelberger, a noted German philologist, came over to read it when the stone had been discovered. It's quite detailed with many hieroglyphs spanning 28 lines. Near the end of the text, Spiegelberg was puzzled by one name, that of a people or tribe whom Menefta had victoriously smitten. He tried to spell out and interpret the hieroglyphs I-S-I-R-I-A-R It was Petrie whose quick imaginative mind leapt to the solution Israel 
Spiegelberg agreed that it must be so. Won't the reverends be pleased, was his comment. And at dinner that evening, Petrie prophesied, This stele will be better known in the world than anything else I have found. It was the first mention of the word Israel in any Egyptian text. And the news made headlines when it reached the papers. The hieroglyphs in the last lines that refer to Israel, uh, the throw stick, which is a determinative for foreign, plus a sitting man and woman, the determinative for people, over three vertical lines. According to the Oxford History of the Biblical World, the sign is typically used by the Egyptians to signify nomadic groups or peoples without a fixed city-state, thus implying a semi-nomadic or rural status for Israel at the time. A continued reading of the hieroglyphs reveal Menephtah's claim to have destroyed Israel's seed. This is obviously not the case and has been open to some interpretation. If it means that he destroyed its grain supply, then Israel could be taken to be a settled crop-growing people at this time. However, if it means that he killed Israel's progeny, then Israel can be taken to be pastoralists. And if this is true, it may have been an act of revenge for the killing of the firstborn of Israel by the angel of death. The normative Egyptian use of wasted bear of seed was a repeated formulaic phrase to declare victory over a defeated nation or group of people whom the Egyptian army had conquered may have destroyed their grain supply in the specific geographic region that they inhabited. Michael G. Hassel has suggested that Israel functioned as an agriculturally based or sedentary socio-ethnic entity in the late 13th century. But it does not suggest that the Israelites were an urban people at this time, nor does it provide information about the actual social structure of the people group identified as Israel. As for its location, most scholars believe that Menephtah's Israel must have been in the hill country of central Canaan, but others think it may, they may still have been across the Jordan. Historians believe that a Moses-like figure may have existed somewhere in the southern Transjordan in the mid-late 13th century BC. But so far, archaeology can do nothing to prove or confirm either way. So we have to rely on the Bible. But what the Menefta Stele does is confirm that a group of people called Israel existed. And the last three lines state how the enemies of Egypt, referred to as the Nine Bows, have been suppressed. It reads like this. The princes are prostrate, saying peace. Not one is raising his head among the Nine Bows. Now that Tehenu has come to ruin, Hatti is pacified, the Canaan has been plundered into every sort of woe, Ashkelon has been overcome, Giza has been captured, Yanoam is made non-existent, Israel is laid waste and his seed is not, Huru has become a widow because of Egypt. The stele is now housed 
in the Egyptian Museum in Cairo. That's all for the Pella Great Price today. Join us tomorrow if you can as we look at a Humane Vitae, a controversial papal encyclical on the regulation of birth. I hope you enjoyed listening. For links to any reading that I've done to research this podcast, visit us on www.pogp.net. And if you'd like to request a topic or ask any questions, then email the show on pogppod at gmail.com. If you have time, please subscribe and share the podcast with friends. Have a lovely day wherever you are and thanks for listening.